You're listening to the Tortoise and the Hare Experience. Exclusively on EnterTheShell.com and all across the Enter the Shell podcast network. I did, and when I worked in the kitchen in, in New York, I could speak kitchen French. You know, and, you know, I could. Well, they were all French. Slowly drifting away. Whoa. 
Months it has been hiatus yeah. back with a new season. Uh, by the way, you just heard uh, the song uh, Sheldon and Kunan. Kunan, uh, Big Brother. You can find them at facebook.com slash Sheldon and Kunan. They actually were on the show um, maybe a year ago, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, about a year ago. I love those guys. Yeah, so they're always uh, playing around town, so you can always catch them. Yeah, so. Uh, go ahead and check them out. Uh, major, major shoe. Um, we got some really cool guests coming your way. So um, you'll be excited as uh, we all should be. Um, now, as always, I know it's been a while. Uh, we always like to start off the show with an experience. Uh, me and Max usually go first. And then our surprise guest will go uh, last. Um, should we say who our surprise guest is? Should just keep it as a surprise. Well, it's not a surprise if you tell him right off the bat. That's true. Okay, maybe <gasps> keep it as a, it's it's arrow. It's arrow. It's arrow. arrow is our surprise guest. Exactly. No, we we actually <laughs> have human beings on this guest. Um, so who do you want to who wants to go first? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I want to hear your nonsense. Uh, yeah. Uh, major nonsense. Uh, well, I was uh, well, <laughs> while we were away, uh, I decided to work on some projects. Um. One of them being just cleaning out uh, all the shows that we've done and all of the shows I've done, uh, transferring them, cleaning out my computer. Well, I was doing this uh, during this time. As you know, I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. A good one, too. Yeah. Uh, I got um, uh, another nod to do uh, a wedding. So uh, I'm never the, the main photographer. I'm always the secondary photographer. And I always come um, it, it, like like I'm always referred and uh, one of my That's favorite, yeah, uh, one of my favorite things is um, when I meet with a the client, they're just like, we've seen your work. We know what you do. We're not going to tell you what to do. We just want you to show up and just shoot whatever you want. Free range. And those are my favorite uh, types of uh, photos. So on the process of, you know, doing this wedding and then um, cleaning out all the uh, storage space, I found all the work that I've done in my photography portfolio and it's funny because you know uh as i was looking at these photos I, I, from a photographer's perspective i was thinking is a photo a photo if it's just digital mm. and um so i started printing some photos out because i was like you know what like the like to me digital you, you can't touch it you can't taste it mm -hmm. and uh so i started printing out some of my work and how did you print it out did you do it yourself no, no, no. I'm well, not. See, that's uh, no fun. Well, you gotta get in you know, <laughs> right, right into the, the little trays in the dark room. Yeah, I would love. You'd probably lock yourself in. No, no, no. I went. I went to like the local CVS, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I need this printed out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, well, you know they have that that thing that comes on every time I'm listening to Pandora. There'll be an ad that says, you know, we'll print all of your pictures for free. Just a small shipping charge right. of $392. Right, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I started doing that, and then I put together my web portfolio. 
of uh, all the things that I've done. And it's weird because as, as I'm looking through everything that I've done, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so eclectic. I've done so much. Yeah. I've done uh, tons of landscapes. I've done like over like, I want to say like 30 different types of landscapes. I've done uh, candids, obviously, um, weddings and stuff like that, and just weird stuff. And my band photography, that's where I was just like, wow, I forgot how many bands I've got to shoot. Yeah. In my entire, like, right now, till right now. So it just got me a little bit more fueled and excited uh, to go out and shoot more. Um, and so, yeah, so I was just doing those little bit bits of projects and, you know, um, you know, regained my fuel again for, for shooting. Although, you know, I've always had that passion. It's just um, when I when I stop shooting and I do other things, you know, I kind of neglect that passion. But then when I go sure. out and I shoot again, it just reminds me. And, and then when I show other people and they say the same thing, they're like, you're a really good photographer. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, why, why don't you do this all the time? <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell me. And I'm like, I'm trying to do this all the time. You know, I'm trying to get paid to do this. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I did that. That was fun. By the way, we have a lot of shows that I had to like transfer over to oh, a, I, to I a separate like. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, it took like a day for all the shows and videos to transfer. I was just like fucking Max. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we work so much. Right. <laughs> so it was a good time that that you know we did do have have that little break just so I can uh, move everything and uh, get everything in order. So a lot a lot of good stuff came from that. Nice. And uh, Max, your your experience? Um, you know, I'm always working. I I work far too much. I could use a long long vacation, and maybe the bags under my eyes will set back into my skull. And I won't be this frightening anymore. But, you know, I, I'm very grateful. Every, every day when I wake up, if I wake up, I'm, I'm super grateful. You know, I'm blessed. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been doing some interesting projects lately. Um, I did a, uh, a series with Larry Thomas, um, who is famous for being the soup Nazi from Seinfeld and David Castro, and it's called The Two Dads, and it's a, um, they play these two gay, uh, is that a proper word now? I'm not even yeah, sure. Yeah, That's sure. how you're allowed to use that word. Is that right? Um, I don't know. Maybe? Don't okay, know. well. Non-binary. Yeah, non-binary uh, <laughs> couple, and um, I, I'm their, their dream girl, so. Wait, wait, it's, wait! But if they're gay, how can you be their well, dream girl? That means they're you know from from a child. It's it's. I'm not going to give any of the show away, but it's very, very funny, very but, funny. But that does blur the line of gay because well, no, when you're gay, no, you're usually not, you know just all true. about the guys, you know, or, or your particular uh, uh, sex, you know. So when they, when true. they do that, it, it kind of misconstrues that that concept of what being gay is, you know. I, I think, from my from my personal opinion, but gay guys always have a beautiful girl that they hang around with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that that part of their brain is shut off. You know, they just are physically more attracted to their same sex. Okay. You got a problem with that? No, I mean, it, it just the lines were blurring a little too much. I'm like the LGBTQT <laughs> community might like be no, like, wait, they're not going to have any a, problem with it. <laughs> no this problem may with it. Not be a like accurate portrayal of what you know <laughs> they're gay. changing the law in california where you're not gonna you're gonna have that option of male female or non-binary i love that's that cool. that's the way it should be well obviously the majority of people feel that way yeah i mean you know i know i know who i am 
I'm sure you kind of almost made no, it. I no, don't. Yes, I'm completely. No <laughs> I've been on this crazy journey of trying to figure out who the hell I am. I'm waiting for them to say we, we no longer have to list species. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just human. You're I'm, just... A, I'm, I'm a biological entity, and I'm experiencing this dimension. Yeah, that's cool. And what a great segue to introduce our. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our guest. Wait, yeah. wait Max's experience. Well, you know, I, my experience is I'm constantly working, constantly working. I've been doing these good projects, and I'm excited for everybody to see them. And go. Uh, well, Max, <laughs> you got to introduce our guest. No, let him just talk first, and then. Uh, I, I'm constant. I've been very busy this year since January. Actually, um, I've done a lot, a lot of. A lot of work and a lot of stuff has happened, and uh, my son graduated from college. Congratulations! What college? Uh, UCR. Oh, and cool. He's going to graduate school at UCI now. So wow. I mean, that, you don't realize what a big deal it is that that your 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 children yeah. find direction in life, and it's yeah. like wow. I mean, as a grown up, it's an enormous worry that you're, it's like they're going to be okay. They found their path, and yeah. uh, that's a that's a that's probably the biggest thing that's been going on. UCR is a university of UC, University of California Riverside. There, uh, I have actually been there. They have uh, a great photography museum. Right, there. they have a great uh, film school. Mm. But yeah. he didn't do that. Yeah, uh, he went there on a track scholarship. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> yeah, and then ended up uh, in computer science, and he's going for his second bachelor's at UC Irvine now. Which it just went down, and so that campus is fantastic. They got the seventh biggest endowment in uh, American history. They got like somebody, the Samuel Samuel Sons or Samuel something. Samuel L. Jackson. No. Yeah, the Samuel <laughs> Jackson endowment. It was two hundred I mean, million dollars into a university. But and uh, but work is is really cool. I've done a variety of stuff. I did a remake of the Puppet Master. Wow, are yeah. you kidding? Yeah. Um, well, I I play the uh, the cop, of course. Uh, course and we <laughs> shot it in dallas and uh you know it's it's a remake but it's, it's with contemporary cgi and all the special effects stuff that they have now right um barbara crampton mm -hmm. is also in it she's in I the original barbara. right barbara isn't she great yeah yeah i just did a film with her too yep we've worked with a lot of the same people with jim minorsky right yes barbara yeah, worked with yeah. you work with jim i work with jim i'm yeah. hoping to do uh your dog's an angel i yes. think uh I, late I think, october i think i'm doing that too Oh, will that be fun? Did you I read know. the script? It's, I have. Well, he's been telling script. me, you know, as he's writing it. So it's, it's really, a, it's really, a, it's one of Jim's best, I think. And when you think of the, the, uh, the menu of his career, right. you know, it's, it's really nice. You know, it's Little Rascals, Three Stooges kind of cute comedy. Yeah. And uh, still a lot of very clever stuff. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, like I said, I've been working a lot. And uh, Hollywood is, is, seems to be, uh, embracing me again, right? Well, so, how could they not? Well, you know, they, you know, I moved to Europe for ten years, and when I came back, it took a long time for them to forgive me. You know, I had this thing in my mind that, you know, I walked away from Hollywood offered me her hand, mm -hmm. and I said, I've got something else to do. And when I came back, she didn't offer it so easily. Yeah. But uh, I've got a, a lot of neat stuff coming out, and a lot of things in development, and. Um, Hollywood is very, very good again. Right? Yeah. Hollywood is good. And you know why Hollywood is so good? Because why? it's Michael Perret. Michael Perret is our guest today. And unbelievable. I'm so excited. Yay! Crowd goes wild. Um, <laughs> uh, Michael and I 
just did a film together called Astro, as you know very well, because Asif mm -hmm. was here. And, right. Um, I've been following it extensively on the yeah. Twitters and the uh, Instagrams and stuff. Yeah. And we hope that everybody is going to get on board with this. Um, it's a great cast. Gary Daniels and Louis Mandalore and... Uh, Marshall Hilton. Marshall Hilton, who I adore. And I just saw the, um, I guess, the rough of it. You saw it, right? I saw it, yeah. Oh. And it's really good. It's really, really good. And I was... Um, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised because Asif is very good at what he does. And um, Jacob, you know, has uh, an eye. Um, the stunts are ridiculously good. Wow. Yeah. Well, they got Jacob and they got Spice. I mean, these right. are Right, and Billy Busey doing most of the spun, uh, stunts there. He's oh, really? fantastic. I didn't have any stunts yet. Yeah, well, you don't need any. <laughs> 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 But, but it was it, cool yeah, shooting you know, there in Roswell, right? Yeah, we were in Roswell, New Mexico, and um, I was there for a month. Uh, how long were you there? You were there for a month? I was. I was there wow. for a month. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I was only there for like a week? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was, um, it was lonely. <laughs> I bet, because it's not like, you know, you read about Roswell, you think, oh, there's all these UFO people there, and it was pretty desolate, except for the, the big school. There's a... Private right. military yeah, high school military. there. So, yeah. um, but you know what? I, what I really found interesting about Azif is he'll talk really seriously about UFOs mm -hmm. and ancient aliens, and uh, you know, like uh, what's that cartel Hayok and and all of these ancient civilizations that are suddenly coming to to, to light. And he talks about it like it's absolutely true. How, to him, know, it's not how a theory. Um, how could it not be true? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know? I'm, I'm one of those people that, uh, like a lot of people, it's an interesting theory, but you know, it, it doesn't impact my life immediately. So I don't, I don't haven't, mm -hmm. I haven't proven it to myself. I mean, I'm I'm a believer, but I don't know. Well, I'm you know, coming from an Egyptian family. They were very heavily into the ancient aliens um, because that's where we stem from or, you know, from all of the hieroglyphics that are, you know, hanging in, in, in Egypt. It all talks about, you know, They came alien. down from the sky. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it, it's got very distinct pictures of them. So, you know, if you go back in time, how can it not be? Well, speaking as an um, expert in just being an alcoholic... <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a credit you can't yeah. even hold <laughs> you can you can uh you know you know what's weird is I, and i was thinking about this because um just recently i don't know if you guys followed this or not but uh they, they just uh, burnt up cassini uh on, on um saturn. On saturn right and i was just like and i was like i don't Did get they it do like, that already? yeah yeah that already was... happened like two three days ago or something oh, like that okay like the 15th or 16th of september and so i was like why would they do that you know uh why, why would they just you know, th this thing still has some instruments. It still has some life left. They can easily, you know, um, you know, make it, uh, you know, swivel or, or make a gravitational pull to somewhere else. Maybe see how far it can go, right? Oh, no, man. That's, that, it no, it, it just ran happen. out, you know? Well, it's like it, it circled Saturn so many times until the gravity pulled it in. That, that, that's not true because um, what, what it was was the uranium that was in it. That was um, doing the... Um, that, that was like uh, the nuclear power. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that nuclear power stuff. That that's what was charging it and stuff. That's what was making it do all the the final things and they're getting those final um, 
shots. So they were just like, yeah, well, um, and this is this is what the the scientists said, and I thought that it was pretty interesting. They're like, well, we don't want it to um, to run out of gas and then just hover around, and then there it was weird. They were like, that's that the Cassini has uh, Earth particles on it, and so we don't want that to go and crash somewhere and contaminate. Yeah. Well, that's very an, another you know, like area thinking of them. I don't believe it. I don't, you know, but I, that, that got me to believe like, well, I mean, if it has earth particles and stuff like that, like, and we crash land somewhere, I think that what they're saying is we're afraid we're going to create new life with our, with our germs that were on that, you know, you know on uh, that probably ship. The truth of that is I didn't want someplace else or a different uh, civilization to have the technology. So they didn't want to give them anything they didn't have. Yeah. That's my thought. Uh, um, I, I don't. Orbit degenerated, and it crashed in. No, they did a, a final flight and everything. <laughs> yeah, and because they, 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 they did everything, and, and I and I actually went. Well, and I come saw on, the, we send all these things to Mars. They, they, if any place is going to get infected, Mars is going to be infected. I mean, they have the closest atmosphere to Earth, you know, and there is a little bit of oxygen, and it does rotate, and it has a North Pole and a South Pole and ice caps, and a little bit. If something's going to get infected, it would have been Mars. Yeah, maybe yeah. Mars already is. That's why we're. Yeah. So we're trying to colonize it. Yeah, you know? 2030. 2030 <laughs> is going to be a manned mission, which is really exciting. You know what's crazy is being on that manned mission, there, there, it's like there's no return. You know, you're, you're going there, and that's pretty much it. You're just going there to colonize and be a Martian, you know, in Saturn. It's like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, right now, you know, the, you have these SpaceX guys mm -hmm. that are planning on sending the robotic robotic probes to Mars to right. build the habitats right. because they can go like Mach 7. It's, it's not going to take, you know, six months for them to get there because there's no life on board. So by then, by the time the habitat is built and they get people up there, coming back won't take so long because you don't have to worry about the gravity of Mars. It's a, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I think, uh, I don't think you'll die on Mars. But no. that guy, Elon Musk, says he's going to die on Mars or the moon. Well... Okay. Everybody has dreams. Have okay. Fun. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, Who are yeah. we to be like, no. <laughs> well, Elon Musk is pretty he guy, he right? is a very interesting guy yeah. and um and a very forward thinker. So, you know, it's the reality of the electric car. I mean, it's like there's there's so many Priuses on the road and now there's the 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 what's what's it called? The uh Tesla. Right. And he has three generations Tesla. I, I mean, this guy is changing America. You know, there's even uh, hybrids all over Europe now. Right, you yeah. Know, fossil fuels, and they're saying we're worried about the uh, the Paris Accord. Nobody has to tell America to go electric or go green. Right. We don't have to uh, be told by the UN what we should be doing. We're doing it anyway. Right, that's true. If you go back um, all the way to, uh, when was it, like 1972, I think, that Walt Disney... Um, he came out with, you know, we're going to have the electric cars, and he showed it, and microwaves, you know, we're and cell right. phones, and um, Skype. He showed all of that in the land of tomorrow. Right. Tomorrowland. All of it. So I don't know if we should give it to Elon Musk or if we should give it to Walt Disney. Well, he was he visual, visualized it, mm -hmm. you know, and, but Elon Musk put it on the market. 
Right. You know, that we can buy an electric car that goes 300 miles on a charge. Yeah, yeah. You know. Maybe some of the Imagineers from Disney went over and are working for Tesla. Yeah, but that was kind of a Mickey Mouse company, right? <laughs> <laughs> In general. <laughs> Um, uh, look at you have your little it just spaceship happens. on your shirt. Too. Yeah, that just that just happened out of complete. I, I was running late. Uh, I woke up late. I was running late. You woke me up actually with your text this morning. Earthquake. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and then I was just, and then I was like I didn't even shower, and then I was just like oh I gotta charge all these cameras. I gotta just just wake up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had to go on the website and just change it up a little bit prep it prep it for the shows and um and then i was like what do i feel like wearing and i i felt like i like two months ago i found these shorts and i i completely just are I, they shorts i thought that was um they're shorts uh, <laughs> they, they, they're comfortable <laughs> they really have a name for what those are they're they, like they're like see oh. something or something like you know they have all this sea stuff on it i thought it was like your chonies no 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 chonies gone bad no i wish <laughs> that f- they, i mean they fit really nice you know I, I i haven't worn shorts in a long time uh just because um i lost so much weight and so i still had my my overweight shorts which you know uh after a while i, I kind of felt like a clown wearing them because yeah. they were well, just you should pass so those big. to me because i gained so much weight no, i can wear the clown max. shorts now the, these are like size like 38 you know shorts and i'm a 28 now so like that's that's 10 sizes you know so i i just felt really weird so i finally one day i saw these shorts and that kind of made me get into this like crazy short explosion of like oh i can wear shorts again yeah you know without feeling like a clown or i never or wear shorts no never. well you Do wear you skirts wear? girls don't wear shorts when i go to the gym i wear shorts yeah, yeah? I don't they know, didn't always I but uh you get on that elliptic thing it's good to be in shorts yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not short shorts, but let me, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing the cholo shorts. Of the <laughs> niche. <laughs> I don't know. I came from a family where you had to dress all the time. You know, like you, you dressed for dinner, um, um, you know, like very, very dressed. And I, I never wore shorts as a kid either. I was always in. Well, you were athletic, I bet. Yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, if always I was in. in the sweatpants. Yeah, I was in either like the warm up track suit. Or, or a bathing suit. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Or my skin. And your skin? My Fantastic. Skin. Yeah. That's how it was. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick break uh, because we have some music that has been uh, submitted to us. Um, and we'll play all that music. Um, this is Pure 13 uh, Blue. Song Blue. And you know these guys, right? I do. This is Anthony Esposito from... Uh, Red Dragon Cartel, Lynch Mob, um, who else was he with? Uh, Ace Freely. Okay. Okay, and then he was just like, hey, Max, can you play this or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me, you know, some of his stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I like, this is one of my favorite songs by Pure 13. Okay, so this is Pure 13 with Blue. I couldn't find a website or anything about them. No, they're just obscure. So, (laughs) of course... Um, so, uh, let's hear that and then when we come back on that, just right here on the place of the Never been around when you're searching, I'll be found for someone to catch you when you fall in between the brightest days when you're lost in 
Tortoise and Hair Experience. We just heard Pure 13 with uh, Blue. Still have our guest. We do. Michael Paré in the Michael house. Michael do, do a lot of people mess up your, your uh, last name? Because when I was reading it, I was like, Michael Parr. Uh, when I first came to Hollywood, they said, you know, you may have to change your name. Because uh, the accent I grew is not that American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. said, they learned how to say Olivier. They can learn how to say right. Parray, you know, <laughs> and uh, they said, okay, so yeah. I didn't change it, but yeah, yeah, but it's not that hard. I mean, cafe, Parray, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a French simple. name, yeah. That's why I use Max instead of Michel. Uh-huh, because it would be, know, is it Michael an, or is it Mitchie? Yeah, it's Michelle. <laughs> it's, no, it's not Michelle. <laughs> I think I'm gonna start calling her Mitchy. Michelle, like the Beatles song. Come on, the Beatles did it. Yeah, Michelle, but, right? But it's see, it's that's even wrong because huh. it's Michelle. Michelle. Oh well, M-I-C-H-E. Paul McCartney he wrote love songs. What does he know about pronunciation? <laughs> he doesn't right. know anything. He'll never make it. A Beatle. I mean, it's a bug. He just played the other night here, and really? yeah, um, and of course, you know, sold out show like. He always does. Um, but uh, my friend Paris Jackson, who's Michael Jackson's daughter, went and she was filming. And I thought, how odd for Paris 
to be there when that Michael. That doesn't sound odd. Well, yeah, Ebony and know, Ivory, right? Yeah, but there was a big falling out between them. And the girl is mine. A big, huge falling out really? because oh, Michael yeah. bought all of the all the Beatles stuff. Yeah, and and uh, he Paul was, upset. was not happy. You, do you know the story about that? He was. Um, they were they were shooting. I believe the, that girl is mine. And they were as they were on the set, and then um, Michael is asking Paul. He's like, "Hey, um, so like, what, what should I do?" Like, he's they were just talking like shop investments, and uh, Paul was like, "Oh yeah, you know." He's like, "I'm buying up, you know, um, you know, catalogs of music, you know, from other people, other artists." He's like, "Oh, you can do that." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Maybe one day I'll buy yours." And they both laughed, and then. Cut to the chase. Yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't fool, man. He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I miss Michael. That's sad. I, I, I don't. <gasps> I, you know, don't I'm, say I'm, that in this house. I'm just saying that. Danny will come from the that's rafters fine. and that's fine. stab you. But, but you know what? From a business point of view, that man just spent all of his money. Now he's, now he's finally making money. That man would buy like two Eiffel Towers. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Spent all his money? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That is so not true. He he was spending no, money he, like crazy. He, he would go spender, buy like thirteen like you know. You're listening to he was overindulging. Uh, you know? you're, you're listening to you know the media sensation on that, and instead of actually knowing the real deal, because you don't know what was in his bank account or how he handled his affairs. Ah, you, know? you know, but you're talking about one of the greatest artists. In history, and you're talking about his fucking money. That's I saw Michael Jackson and Frank Sinatra mm. on Ed Sullivan, and Frank Sinatra saying, "When when I was 17, and Michael yeah. Jackson comes out and says, when I was four years old.' Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I mean, cute. Come on, it, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, you know, some artists are just beyond scrutiny, but you know what they give us is, you know, it's a it's a treasure. It's a treasure of it humanity. Is. Forever and ever. Yeah. He left us at the perfect time. You know what I mean? He, no, he didn't. I, I think he so. He should still Some be artists here. Are like he should that. still be having conversations. And Well, we'll yeah. never know. J just like, uh, you know, I always give this uh, a thing about Buddy Holly. You know, Buddy Holly, he left at the right time, too, because he was about to do some very experimental music. He was going to really start pushing the boundaries. And I don't know if people were really going to accept that. So Here's what people accept. I, you know what? It's really weird during that time, you know, uh, what Buddy Holly was about to do. So, um, and, and that's why he'll always be like on the top. You know, some people, they, they do too much, you know, like some albums that they put out are just, you know, they're not good. You, you know? know what? I think that uh, the public has too much say so in what we do as artists. Like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I did this movie, House of Manson, where I play Rosemary LaBianca. And I had a swarm of like fans write and say what are you doing why are you doing this part you know how are you going to play something so brutal and you know that's not how we see you and it's like first off i'm an artist and this is what i do i want i want to play those extreme parts i'm you know i want to do those stunts i want to do you know things that are stretching me as an actor and not just you know getting pigeonholed into playing lawyers and you know prostitutes sure. <laughs> or whatever else that i have to play but um you know as musicians you want to always just push that like you know the greatest artists of all times have always pushed it david bowie look at how experimental david bowie was 
Well, you know, I think there is, um, to be in the business, you have to do some certain commercial work, but not everything is for public consumption. I mean, we all know that. I mean, you look at a lot of great painters. Mm-hmm. They don't show, and they don't want to show, and they're not interested in showing because the experience of putting it on canvas is why they do it. Right. You know, and uh, they don't care what the world thinks. And if they are discovered after they're dead, fine. But they're not going to be, um, they're not going to produce what the audience demands. However, being in show business, being an actor, we've got to do stuff that sells. Otherwise, we, we might as well be working in, a, you know, a experimental theater in, you know, somewhere in northern Canada. Right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, the yeah, audience is important. The audience is important, but they shouldn't have a final say-so in where our In everything is. we do. Yeah. They, they can't tell us what we should do, but you got to give them what they want. You right. know, there's that, that famous Broadway director, Jose Quintero, mm-hmm. who was like the king of Broadway during O'Neill's run in the 50s, right? And he had a book called If You Don't Dance, They Beat You. <laughs> and it's about if you don't <laughs> give the audience parents. what they want, they won't listen to you anymore. They won't support you. Yeah. I mean, look, it was, it was, uh, who was the guy, Dion? Remember mm-hmm. when Dion disappears and he starts doing all right. this weird stuff? They said, we don't want it. We want, we want Run Around Sue. You know? right. <laughs> we don't, we don't want this And now he's a paramedic. Stuff. Yeah. Right. And uh, he, he became a paramedic? Yeah. That's what he does. Wow. And wow. thank thank God for that. That's amazing that, you know, you know, he took what he was doing and then he found something that really meant something to him, saving people, you know, right. putting his life on the line for somebody else. And I have so much respect for that. Right. But he's no longer an artist. He's right. himself. Now he's, yeah. yeah, now he's a, a real person. <laughs> now he's a real person. Well, <laughs> no, no, we're, all real people. we're not real people. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Perret is not a real person. Look how <laughs> yes, gorgeous he is. He is. Yes, no, he. that's not real. What, what was, you He's know, an alien. Did this, Michael, this may sound like a weird abstract like um, thing, but what was, what was the last like real thing that you did? You know, uh, that, that may sound a little. What too, do you mean, real thing? Um, I mean, like as far as work, or going to the shopping. Uh, yeah, or? like yeah, like like what, what's something normal like a real person that, that you do? That, that uh, I cook all the time. I love going. Yeah, but I see, cook, that's. That That's count? not real either well, because yeah. you went to the Culinary Institute and you're oh, a I master didn't know that. chef. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's okay. You're cheating there. You know? yeah. uh, that's, that's not a real person thing. You know, I look. I'm in show business. When I'm not working, I'm studying. You know, I I, I go to the actor's studio. I go to this writing class. Uh, I used to surf a lot, but I I I moved a little bit inland, so it's I have to load up the car and do all that stuff, and I haven't gotten around to doing it. But. Uh, what do you mean, like hobbies, that kind of stuff? Yeah. What, what, what's a normal hobby for you? Um, well, like I said, I used to surf. I used to fish. I used to sail. You know, um, when I became a dad, it became like, now I'm a dad. I'm working, and I'm a dad. Mm. You know, I'm trying to be super dad and uh, turn out, you know, be everything that every young, every person needs in their life, right. that, you know, unconditional support and love. Know, so that that's that's a big part of it. Um, I'm not there yet. No, you're not into that. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the last real thing, you know, I, I was I was you know I did Boy Scouts with my kid. Me oh. and another dad, we took them we took them camping up in uh, the Sespe watershed. We got mm. caught in a forest fire. Oh, Holy cow! Yeah, kidding. me and another dad, Mr. Burke, and uh, Mr. fourteen Burke. kids. Wow. And, That's you know, scary. 
14 kids, and in the middle of the night, you know, we went in and we could smell the smoke, and it's like, don't worry, we're, we're right near the stream. And uh, in the middle of the night, there was, uh, I stick my head out, and I realize that there's a helicopter circling, right? And I, and I look up, and uh, I said, okay, well, I guess we're okay. Otherwise, they would have, you know, I'm thinking they're going to get in line and do this and do that. And I said, so go back in my tent, and, and then another helicopter circles, and I come out, and I go back in. And all of a sudden, these guys come trudging down the field and said, okay, just put on your clothes and follow us. And they lead us out to these helicopters. They had landed two helicopters. And one dad, Mr. Burke, right? <laughs> he took the older guys, and I took the young guys, and they lifted us out in Hueys. Wow. That's like cool. Vietnam, right, with the open doors and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they lift us out in this circle, and we, had, we were surrounded by a forest fire. I mean, this is a very real thing to do. Right, right. That's right? very well. No, it's on, not. No, <laughs> now it's not real anymore because you moment, got lifted out. Yeah, but we like got, they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. The true song was uh, "Ring of Fire" from there on. You oh know, and we kept gosh. on, we kept on going out. We kept <laughs> yeah. camping. You know, we went out for five days once, five five days and five nights. Me and this troop of guys, and we'd hike and camp and hike and camp. I mean, that's very real stuff. You know. Uh, wow. It's not has nothing to do with the entertainment industry. Right. It yeah. has all to do with, um, you know, life. Being in nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, in the front page of the Boy Scout manual, it says the Boy Scouts of America will give you the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to do with politics or any of that other stuff. It's about carrying and living in the in the winter, in the wilderness. Yeah. And it was a beautiful experience. I mean, it's something uh, we did it for like three years. Three years we had the season and we went out. And um, I mean, when you say, what was the last real thing you did? Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. You know, my car wouldn't start. When I, was, <laughs> I, was, cool. uh, I went down to, to Indiana for three days and I came back and my Prius wouldn't start in the parking lot. I mean, that was a disaster. You know? <laughs> hey, what do you mean? What, what's the last <laughs> real thing you did? What's the last real thing you did? Turtle doesn't know. Turtle's like in his own little shell. I am. I live in my own little world. In his turtle shell. Yeah. But hey, that's what makes it a different perspective that I bring. You know what I mean? That's true. Speaking of uh, real world people and doing real world things, uh, you're doing a movie with Johnny Depp. I did it already. I did a movie with Johnny Depp. He is not a real person. Is he? Is it Uh, true that he's a cyborg? (laughs) Tell us now. No man, he was really cool. He was really cool. Yeah. I mean, he had he had the big, you know, star wagon and, and all of the stuff. And uh, but when he was on the set, uh, we had a mutual friend, and you know, we're we uh, he's he's a cool guy. Yeah. But he is a little bit out there. He has weird eyes. He doesn't, you know, like you can look in most people's eyes. He's he's he's, he's like old pupil. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like oh. I grew up with Johnny Depp. Oh, you did? Yeah. And uh, Really? Where's yeah. he, where are you? Oh, is In he Florida. also from Philadelphia? No, Florida? he's from Florida. He's from Florida. And um, he had a band called The Kids, and I had a band called Chaos, and his band used to open for mine. And he was dating one of my girlfriends, and we're both actors. So it was like we were in each other's lives like all the time. And he was the most obnoxious kid I ever <laughs> met. <laughs> he was back then he was you know he's calmed down quite a bit and really settled into who he is now mm-hmm. which is uh interesting to see because at that time the uh, amount of obnoxious things that would come out of his mouth and he was just over the top well 
he was really cool. He plays uh, the LAPD cop who was on the Biggie Small case. Mm. And Forrest Whitaker plays a journalist who got uh, whatever award journalists get for the original murder. Mm -hmm. And it's 20 years later, and they're going to reinvestigate the situation. And, of course, they, they come out to Vegas to talk to me because I'm the cop who's in charge of the Tupac murder. You know, and they are connected, right? Because that's right. the theory. And, uh, you know, he was just a very cool dude. You know, he, there was no uh, weird shit. He was on time. He, he knew his dialogue. He knew what <laughs> yeah. the scene was about. Oh, he's a he, brilliant actor. Yeah. He's really, really good. Yeah. I, I have mean, to I didn't go out give that to him. or hang around with him. I mean, like, like you knew him. But as an actor, it was cool. It was yeah. cool. Of course, Brad Furman, you know, brought me on. I had to audition to do all that stuff. But he... he you had to audition? I can't even imagine you having to audition. Um, you know, there's that? that story about Richard Burton. He had a screen test for, uh, I think, for Cleopatra. Really? You know, yeah, they make, they do it, they do it, and um, you know, they they can do it because they can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and if you want the job, you have to do it. I had to audition eight times for that movie I did with Sandra Bullock. Um, Hope, Hope floats. floats. Yeah. But I had to come in eight times, and eight times I had to like I love hit a home movie. run every because they give you like yeah. the hardest scenes in the script to audition with because that's they want to know if you can do. Yeah. It. I hated you in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> well that I was it. Did right? I hated you so much? Did you see that movie? No. Oh, mm -hmm. it's so it's such a sweet sweet what's, movie. What's the movie about? And Harry Connick Jr., who I adore. Um, what a cool yeah. dude he is. Yeah. He's, a, he's an enormous guy. He's like 6'4". Yeah. yeah you know? he's and great. he's like, you know, hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm Harry. You know, nice <laughs> to meet you. You know, and I'm like, and I said, wow, man, you're that voice from the uh, yeah. the, the the giant, the robot, giant robot. Right? <laughs> yeah. He says, yeah, you know what? I got to tell you, you know, New Orleans, our accent's a lot like New York because, you know, the people who couldn't get off the boat in, in Brooklyn, they come down to Louisiana. You know, so we we talk just like you guys do. We just do a little slower because it's warmer <laughs> down here. You know, you know just oh, you're really doing cool really dude. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like them a lot, and, yeah. and you know that was. But eight times they make you they make you do it. They make you do it, and uh, you know I don't regret it. I you know that's what I do. Yeah, I get stopped sometimes. People go, "Oh, you Sandra Bullock," and I'm like. Nobody <laughs> stops you. Oh yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, yeah. I'm calling bullshit. No, I'm calling really? <laughs> no. You know Terrible. the little girl who played my daughter in that movie, and we had, well, there's a scene where we're on like, um, you know, um, more, more, you know, one of those daytime. It was the famous famous shows where they do all this ridiculous stuff and they have to hold the people apart. Mm -hmm. uh, so me and Sandra are on there and. My girlfriend, who I'm banging, who's our neighbor. Right. And our daughter thinks that we're going to be reunited. And they have a close-up of her, and she's in this party dress, and she's all very happy. And, you know, she's like, Mommy and Daddy are getting back together. And she starts to hear. And you see this girl. Mm -hmm. She was maybe 11 years old. And this whole world collapses. And you see it happen on her face. And then cut. And, I mean, she breaks down and, like, like really yeah. sobbing, crying. Cut. And Mako is in, cleans her up, and they say, ready to go? And she says, ready. And yeah. she did like four takes from she was happy great. girl. I mean, what a talent. It's yeah. amazingly powerful little it, girl. Just the way that she would just move her glasses up was so brilliant. It yeah. was like, God, you know, who yeah. taught this girl? She's so good. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. you got to show them. You got you to gotta do all the tricks so that they can, so you know who the boss is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Who's your boss? 
Uh, right now, myself, you know, I'm, I'm I. You actually, need to give I, yourself a raise then. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I pretty much have the most uh, creative, most freedom, I think, out of anybody. I do what I want pretty much, which is a gift and a curse, you know, because uh, I get too caught up in just doing my own thing, you know. Um, and um, so I've been dealing with that, you know, uh, with just kind of not having any attachments or anything like that. Right. Um, it's, really it's, nice. it's nice, but sometimes you, you need a little attachment for for some sort of more creativity, you know, when, when you can go all over the place, sometimes that's way too bad. What do you mean by attachment? Um, you know what it is, is I need something more focusing. Uh, I, I read this, this thing, uh, and, and it, it's, you control your mind, your mind doesn't control you. And right now my mind has been controlling me, you mm. know, and that's, for me, that's been kind of a, a, a bad thing, I guess. Because uh, I've been letting my mind take me to different places that I shouldn't even go or, or, or be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so my mind is just pretty much uh, taking me. Uh, I'm trying to take my mind back right now. You mean um, you you feel like you've lost your mind? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been telling him that for exactly. years. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you have you guys have ever experienced that. Uh, it's it's. It's a little terrifying, actually, you know, because uh, you just don't know what your mind is capable of making you do, you know. Uh, so I've been, I've been, um, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, mantras uh, to which ones? Uh, well, one of them is, uh, and, and I got this from uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, I was, I was, I, I just happened to stumble upon this, and uh, he said, he's, he's like, people forget that. You are, and this works perfect for you. Uh, you are the hero in your own movie, and I, I think a lot of people forget that. And I was like, "You're right." I'm like, "You're absolutely right, Joe Rogan. I am the hero of my own movie." You know, <laughs> I think I was a villain uh, for quite some time, um, and so you know, I, so every day I, I kind of say that to myself, whether it's you know twice a day, maybe three times, maybe once a day, you know, just trying to get myself back. You know, that's yeah. really clever stuff because you know Joseph Campbell says that the human being needs that hero's journey and that's why it's been the same story since the beginning of time all the way back to the uh you know the sumerians that they've been telling the same story of that everybody has to go through these challenges and make the right choices in order to have a happy life mm -hmm. and that's why we need poetry and theater and movies and music it's to let people know that there is a right and a wrong decision to be made you know so that's where you are, and that's a, a, a to know where you are. I think is the most important thing. Right. Yeah. There's been uh, so many of our our friends lately who've gone on, you know, that darker side and let it uh, overtake them and have committed suicide. We lost, you know, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, and you know, it's like it tears your heart apart that they didn't reach out and uh, you know, try to get some help about that. And sometimes just having a mantra, having just, you know, having a Joe Rogan in your life that can give you those words. If you read my posts every day, I try to write something, um, 
kind of inspirational. It's just what I wake up with in, in my head in the morning and then just write it down. Or sometimes it's two, three o'clock in the morning and I just, you know, put my float free uh, kind of saying right. with everything. I love that. That float free is to be unencumbered by your mind and your emotions and to be uh, more yeah. aware of your spiritual essence. Yeah, um, that actually came from when I was a kid. I came from a very large family. My, How many? Um, well, there's five uh, kids in my, you know, brothers and sisters, my family. And then my mom had six brothers and sisters, so they all had many. And we would all go to the beach. Um, my Egyptian grandmother had this theory that if we all went to the beach and we formed a line and you put your arms out and you linked your arms and your feet together and you made this giant chain that if one person felt heavy and was falling under, that if they lifted their chest to the heavens, to mm. God, that you would remain light and you would float free and therefore the rest of the chain would hold you up and nobody would suffer. So if you're light, and you think light, and you lift up, then everybody will be safe. Wow. Now, you say she's Egyptian. Is it mm -hmm. from the mystery schools? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I, I, know, I just know because, you know, there's that, 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 that ancient Egyptian religion right. before, it, you know, before that whole North Africa was converted to Islam. They had a very well-documented theory of where we all came from and the purpose right. of life. And when that invasion happened, they went to sub-Sahara, and that's why that whole, mm -hmm. the Dogolani tribe and all those other guys right. suddenly became aware of astronomy and astrology. And, and uh, so I'm just wondering, because yeah. that Egyptian stuff is really fascinating. Really, it's really totally fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, she was an interesting person altogether because she was brought up in a convent. Um, because oh, she's so a Coptic Christian then? No, oh. she was a she was a Sephardic Jew, mm -hmm. and uh, her family was very wealthy. And uh, attempts on her life were, you know, just constant. Yeah, yeah, they tried to kidnap her, so they hid her in this convent in Egypt. In Egypt, and uh, which is totally bizarre. <laughs> to me, that was bizarre. But I guess she learned a lot from that, and. Um, you know, and, and all of her other uh, bizarre experiences. Wow. Yeah. She's yeah, that's, that, the Middle East is so, so amazing. But Turkey is really amazing also. But, you know, when you see what's, well, no, I don't mean politically. I mean the, the archaeological stuff that's going on in Turkey now. They kind of, it's like undisputed that there was an, an advanced civilization before the last ice age. Because there's a theory that the pyramids were built before the last ice age, and the Sphinx has water damage, uh, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh no, it's impossible. This, but here's this guy, this place in Katel Hayuk in, in yeah. Turkey, where they dug up, they said it's at least 11,000 years old. That's 4,000 years older than they used to say the pyramids were. Right. And that's, you know, amazing stuff. So Egypt obviously is much older, much, much older than anybody's willing to admit. And, uh, you know, that implies a lot. It does. It yeah. means that we're always wrong. We well, are always <laughs> wrong. We don't know anything. No, that's no. It's all, it's all theory. It's all theoretical it stuff. That's what but it is. But you are big on meditation and metaphysics, right? I am. 
and we have a, a couple of mutual friends that also um, like have lifted out of their body and astral projected and stuff like that. Now yes. that is something that is really worth exploring because there's a lot of there's a few movies written about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's that guy that they had in uh, who got shot in the head in Vietnam, and then they tried to get him to be a remote viewer for the government, and right. you know. And then there's Robert Monroe, and he has his institute. And you know, imagine if you could, if you really did lift out on a regular basis of your own volition when you wanted, mm-hmm. there would be no question. Lucid dreaming. Yeah, that, that that you know, like the Australians, those <laughs> Aborigines believe that. What they're experiencing, what we call dreams, are actual reality. Right. And this 3D world is the dream. This is dream time. Right. Yeah. Vibrationally, you know, we're uh, vibrating on a different level, and that takes you into a whole nother realm. Yeah. And it's so dangerous to talk about it because people think, oh, yeah, this, they're just on a drug trip. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No. No, I don't do any drugs. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. So, no, you do. Um, but I do. I, but I, <laughs> I smoke pot. I drink. I know, right? You but pot is not a drug. Now. No, yeah. it's, uh, you prescribed yeah. it now, right? Yeah. I medicine. eat it. I, I need my medicine. It. You know, that's, that's what I used to say about speed. I need my medicine. I'm getting tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree. Now. I agree. You know, that's why I love the Dalai Lama. He says, my religion is be kind. Yes. And that's what I say either on my Twitter account or my Facebook thing is be kind to all. Right. And that's it. And if you do that, you know, it's pretty hard to people can call you a, an unkind person, but you're not, you know. If you just be kind to the people that you can actually touch. I don't know what the fuck is happening over in Jakarta right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't worry about that, but I can deal with the people that I do encounter on a daily basis. I mean, the strangers that I bump into, you know. Sure. If I'm just kind to them, I'm okay yeah. with, with myself. But you can be kind to the universe. And you, the way you do that is by chanting, you know. Right. For me, I chant. Which one do you Nami, do? Namio Renge Kyo. Namio Renge Kyo. Yeah. Uh, that's that's um, Buddhist uh, SGI. Right, but there's Om Namah Shivaya is is Hindu and Namio. There's the other one, Om Maripad Myom. That's the the lotus within you, right? Right. Um, all of those are great things if you know what that means. Right. I mean, you got to yeah. know what you're saying. But yeah. then some Nam people Yorenge think. Kyo is, is the Lotus, so, uh, Lotus Sutra, and, it, and it's, you know, full of peace. You right. Know, that's, that's the just, one that you posted that without the mud, there can't be a, a lotus, right? Right. Yeah. That's actually where I started thinking, wow, Max is deep. <laughs> you know, because I, I only met you for a few days in New yeah. Mexico. You know, that's where I started really reading the stuff that you were posting. Yeah, that's my brothers are often saying how deep I've gone. <laughs> You're in deep, Max. You're so deep. <laughs> <laughs> You're in deep. <laughs> You're deep shit, yeah. Are oh we, yeah, are we? Are we we're on. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're, we're on. All that time. Oh, oh yeah. my oh, goodness. goodness, peace, dude. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. Be a flower. Yeah. What we were talking about is I was. I'm going to explain to <laughs> to Michael um, my experience, uh, another experience. This is an, a life experience that happened to me. Um, as many of our, our listeners know, I struggle with a, a couple of health ailments throughout my life. I've had lupus and I had cancer. And I was uh, being operated on some years back. And, um, you know, when you're in an operating room, they have your arms stretched out, and you're naked, of course. That doesn't sound like an operating room with your 
Oh, no, no, no. That. That's how they do it. Really? They, they uh, strap down your arms and they put the IVs in. Holy and, cow. And yeah, you're like this so that your arms don't flail and hit somebody or, you know, disrupt you. Um, so I'm like this. And uh, I remember I was very, very cold. I was very cold. I was freezing cold. And then I wasn't. I wasn't cold anymore. And my body started lifting. And you know how people say, oh, you, you know, you're in the light or whatever. Um, I didn't see anything, but I felt uh, two presence next to me. And to me, it was like a Jesus and a Mary type of energy that was surrounding me and said, um, and this feeling that I had was as if you were out running in the snow, which I've never done, but if you were out running in the snow and then somebody threw a blanket that just came out of the dryer, you know, mm. just so filled with love. That's what I felt. I felt unconditional love and support. And I could see everything that was happening in the operating room, everything. I could see them working on me. I could see them pronouncing me dead. I could see them moving my body to another facility. That's how long I was gone. They, they moved me from one facility to another one. From an operating room to a recovery room? No, no, no. Another not building. In this, another building. Not even in the same. Wow. Yeah, that's, it was. They were out for it, a long I time. Was, I was gone. I was gone, gone, gone. And the energy that was around me said to me, because um, I remember it very clearly, that I had done a great job, but um, there was more for me to do, and they were going to give me more skills, and I was going to come back and help more people, and it wow. would be my last time. Wow. Yeah, and when I, when I came to, um, and I came to when I was coming into the second facility, they had done an adrenaline shot into my heart, and... Um, violently brought me out so when that happens i don't know if any of you know our listeners have ever experienced anything like that but it's so violent um because your body just can't handle that it's an immediate you know so wake uh, the fuck up that's what that that's is. exactly <laughs> what it is so you know in pulp fiction when yeah. they do oh, that, yeah. that that scene is so true that's you know where she's like the atropine <laughs> through the through the yeah, heart and, and you're yeah it was intense and um and i didn't remember any of that right off the bat but the nurses started telling me that they heard me talking and they you know everything started to come in back into play and i was like wait a minute and after that i i had um my hearing started getting ridiculous and i started picking up uh energy from people and was able to do intuitive x-ray i have a hundred percent accuracy with infants which is kind of crazy you know what do you mean you can see if they have uh, a disease yeah, or something what's some, you know what's wrong with them so in my practice as you know um you know a physician that's what i do so um i work with pediatricians i make rounds at ucla and um you know and cedars and help these infants and when I get a call and I write about this uh, too when I get a call from a parent saying you know you saved my my child's life and you know thank you that's everything to me so no kidding. Um, 
So constantly being in gratitude for whatever this is, you know, because it's definitely not me. It's not me. I'm just a portal for that. And yeah, you know, peace and love, man. Peace and love. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't care if it hurts my career. I don't care. As long as I can help a, a baby to live, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all down. What do you think autism is? I think that's uh, just a communication uh, outlet. They're, they may be so far beyond being able to communicate to a, a simpleton, I want to say, <laughs> you know, because uh, I've dealt with a lot of autistic uh, children, and, um, and they're so bright. They're so wonderful. You know, it's just being able to calm themselves to a point where, you know, they're able to communicate what it is that they need to. You know, because it's become so common. I mean, it used to be like one in a thousand. Now it's like one in a hundred people are autistic to a certain degree. Well, you know, we also are pumping chemicals into our bodies on a daily, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how Turtle turned out this way. <laughs> Some delicious chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow that's amazing that's amazing it, 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 it is pretty when, when people talk about having had a near-death experience or lifting out of their body so many times it has to do with being in the operating room right yeah you know, and uh and it, it, it turned out it was an allergic reaction to the anesthesia that they had given to me um and oh tell and me about the hearing the hearing my hearing is crazy and when i'm in you know because i'm a, i'm in a producer so I'm in the studio all the time I can hear when the diaphragm is about to go on the speaker and and I'll <laughs> oh, tell so them acute. you have very acute here yeah super acute so super it's cute. vibrational yeah it's adorable, adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so um vibrationally I I hear things that you know you're probably not tuned into because my mind has shut off and I have no peripheral vision at all, nothing, nothing up and down, nothing on the sides. So I can only see what's in front of me. That's why I'm constantly turning my head, and um, and my hearing is so intense. Like my, it drives my daughter crazy because I can hear exactly what she's doing in her room every time, Funny. and she's like, "What?" But yeah, it's annoying. It's a, you know, it's a thing. So we only have a, a few more minutes left. Um, uh, and um, is there anything that we missed? What did we miss? Um, you have an, another film that is about to come oh, out. Oh, Mayday. Right? Well, well, it's no, they're still mixing and doing all the post stuff. I've got uh, a show called Star Hunter that they are rebooting. And, um, it's like sci-fi or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Play a bounty hunter in outer space. But, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they're dealing with aliens and from different dimensions and stuff like cool. that. Cool. So, I mean, oh, I don't nice. want to be said, what's going on? I've got a lot of stuff going on. I've got <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff going like, on. We only have a couple of minutes. You know, <laughs> you know who John Faraday is? Uh-huh, sure. All right, John wants to do Eddie and the Cruises as a series. Yeah. You know, and he has uh, oh, he has a network. Goodness. He has the money. He's just fighting with the French guys over the rights, and we're going to go. I want to be in that. I'm putting in my pitch right now. I will even audition. Ferder is is uh, you know me and uh, a buddy of mine. You might know him, Robbie Mangiardi. We wrote a we no. wrote a, a wrote it as a movie, and John took it and read it and he, and, he, and he loves it. And then after about four or five months, he says, you know, I got some guys who want to do this as a series. 
That would be amazing. It, it is. It is. is It is a very cool situation. You know, uh, so, you know, and there's, there's a couple other things that, you know, I don't want to put the Nikas on, but, you know, the Star Hunter is going to be on the air soon, and, um, you know, Eddie and the Cruises would be really, really cool. That would because be. Because it's about American rock and roll. Yeah. You know, and uh, it would be fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah, that'd be totally cool. Uh, and, and not only that, but just all the cars, you know? <laughs> no, no, it's contemporary. It's contemporary. <laughs> oh, it'd be contemporary? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was going to yeah. be set back and like... Yeah. Oh, okay. no, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, that yeah. would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But there was so much other important stuff besides the music. You know, the music kind mm -hmm. of distracted people you know have, have you been watching ken burns uh documentary on vietnam no i haven't it seen just that. started it, it just started, started on pbs yeah. Well, yeah while all of this stuff is going on in vietnam you know people in the united states were listening to really good music yeah. uh you know the beatles were here and and it was like but what was going on over in that part of the world was amazing and there's all of this information that, did you know that there was a christian minority that ran the government in south vietnam you know, remember remember that stuff in, <laughs> in the news about those Buddhist monks that were lighting themselves on fire? Right. I was always under the impression that was in um, protest of the communists. No, it was because the Catholics wouldn't let them practice. Mm. The Christians wouldn't let them practice Buddhism. See, that always so happens. that's why they were lighting themselves on fire. You know, yeah, it was an incredibly repressive regime. Yeah. You know, well, and it's you like, don't need whoa. to light yourself on fire. Well, you People. know, but they were doing it. Don't light it, yourself you know? on fire. It's it was, and that, 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 you know, it was, it's like really, uh, so if you go to the 60s, you know, the music is cool, but there was so much really big stuff going on, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, the world was changing dramatically. I mean, from the time Muhammad Ali says, I'm not going over there, you know. It's like, whoa. And then the civil rights over here and Martin Luther King, you know, it's like, wow. I mean, it's met now. Now is cool. Now is a good time for rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> is now a good name Speaking of rock and roll. Speaking of rock and roll. Um, um, I've got bands on the road. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's now that time for <laughs> Max to take over for five minutes about all the bands that are on the road. I'm only giving you two, Max. Well, you manage rock and roll bands? I do. I do. I produce. I'm a musician myself. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I do things and stuff. I notice. <laughs> I have to keep busy. Renaissance keep busy. woman. Well, you anyway. Know. Um. Anyway, so uh, who's out right now? I have no idea. Um. Well, first. That's off, why you're here <laughs> to first, let me know. First and foremost, I, I have to say uh, a serious thank you and shout out to. No worries, you're welcome. Um. So. Not you. <laughs> Never you. Um. Here Gear Pro. Um. I love this uh, company. They supply me with great. Uh, gear that i use out on the road um very thankful to them and zemitis zemitis yeah. guitars thank you so much for um endorsing me i love that um so ty fury is out on the road with chris young uh nick mason is out on the road with everybody where traders fall is in the studio ivy subler is doing her next record so um ready for that michael grant is out with la guns and melody guy is about to come back to uh, los angeles in january so make sure that you buy your tickets now sean barry's out there kicking butt and taking names and well, who do you got out you got some people out right 
Uh, actually, uh, I'm going to be doing an appearance. Uh, people actually, if you really want to, if you really want to meet me, I guess. Um, uh, Saturday, October 21st. Uh, this is the second time I, I teamed up with this uh, really cool like production company called Hazy Chaos. A few friends of mine. And this was the first uh, event that I did with them last year. And uh, it was out in Pomona. And it was uh, the Women of Horror. And um, and how was I not involved in this? Well, I'm really I, shocked. Well, I mean, you've only done <laughs> one horror film, maybe two. <laughs> Sorry. Two, right? Okay. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I don't know, man. The, Turtle the, has knows nothing. Yeah. Well, they well they asked me last year, and they, they, they loved me. And then from there, I kept on doing more work with them. Mm-hmm. So they uh, what they do is they combine uh, art and music and then other things. So this one is, is all about women of horror. Um, and so they bring on some people. And this one, they, they're going to do art, music, and then they do a burlesque. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, this one, they're going to have the darts. They're the headliners. Uh, Bella Novella, uh, Ever So Android, and some of my friends, Exit Module. What a and, great name, Bella Novella. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a costume contest, $100 uh, prize, uh, and it's going to be here in L.A., actually. So the first one was because that was just that was their first ever like uh, event that they ever did. And then uh, now everything, of course, just keeps keeps on getting bigger and bigger. So they're going to be doing it at the airliner uh, out here in Los Angeles. And of course, I'll be covering it. I'll be interviewing all the bands and uh, doing photography and stuff like that. So and and of course, you can meet me. <laughs> Most importantly, well, jeez, who doesn't <laughs> want to do that? I mean, no, seriously, no. I mean, it's weird because like. You know, like you hear me all the time and I know you can always catch Max at like an autograph show or wherever, you know, but to find me, that's actually like I'm like a leprechaun, you know what I mean? Like to find me, you're like, holy cow, I, you know, I actually met Turtle and I've actually like talked to him, you know, that, so that's kind of like a very unique experience. Actually, just being in my life is an extremely unique experience uh, to say the least. Uh, again, uh, that's uh, Saturday, October 21st at the Airliner. Really cool bands and what's um, the airliner? Where is that? It's at? right here. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Is that a club? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's twenty four nineteen North Broadway, uh, Los Angeles, and it's 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 two decks, and then they have a back. So in the back, that's where all the um, all the artists are going to be, and and the the theme is of course uh, women of horror. So they're just going to be painting tons uh, or have tons of uh, their artwork. That represent women of horror, and of course, you're gonna have the it's and stuff like that because that's what's hot right now. Right. Um, so if you want to go buy like really cool uh, paintings and uh, just really cool stuff, they, they have one of my friends there, Cursed One. He does live caricature caricatures. Is there somebody doing those balloon art? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just done some. Red. Yeah, and he's done some. Oh, really, it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> And he's done some really cool work, and he does it all live with within like thirty minutes. You know what I mean? And uh, he does really great work. So he's gonna be there too, uh, along with uh, Sammy Reese. Uh, he'll be there selling some of his uh, artwork as well. So again, you know, I I only do big stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Nice. And it takes a lot for me to actually leave my my hometown city just to uh, go out and um, mingle amongst people. And to actually meet people. So, uh, for more information, log on to entertheshell.com. Uh, there you will see the banner for that. You could click on there. You can 
has more information and of course uh, addresses tickets uh all that good stuff so once again saturday october 21st women of horror 2017 go out and uh meet me Ooh. yeah that crazy that's crazy i'm, <laughs> I'm impressed with you i'm a little uh depressed that you don't know that i've done quite a few horror films well and, i mean and a scream queen but, yeah but i mean you know, no, no. Scream queen. I'm, you look I'm, on I'm not putting on, i'm not putting on the 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 show you know what i mean shady yeah, catch no, no, shady no. catch you've worked with right yeah, yeah. what a doll oh, she is she's funny i have a, a horror film coming out um okay. called death house with okay. all of the horror icons ever really? Um, Dead House. Like Death House. Death House, cool. Yeah. Do yeah. you know Billy Butler? I do. <laughs> we have so many friends in common. We do. I've been doing this since I'm He's seven. He's been killed by everybody. I know. Yeah, that's, right? that's his claim to fame. I, cool. I want to kill indirects. people now. Well, just kill him with kindness, yeah. Max. Kill me. I know. He kills me. Now, where can people find you? Uh, you ain't going to find me. You're going to find you? <laughs> I can't find you. <laughs> I'm on, it, I'm on Facebook and, and Twitter and and uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I can have Instagram. Find okay, Instagram. I, I tried it's Michael Beret. It's, it's yeah. no mystery. Yeah, I, yo, I I googled you. There's like six Michael Beret fan pages. Okay, but there's only one that's me. I have a I look like a cowboy. Okay, cool, cool. It's well, Western. I'll, I did. I'll look for it and uh, I'll I'll put that link up uh, on the show notes so people can find you and you can tell more about your great stories. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciated it. It was fun. It was fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very different experience, correct? Right. <laughs> so thank you so much, Max. Uh, thank you uh, again. And uh, until next time, uh, we are going to go out, have some experiences. You go out, have some of your own, then we'll meet back here and uh, share those experiences. Uh, lastly, we are going to leave uh, with this band called Ethos. Um, they just released uh, an album, Shade and Soil. Um, let's see. They're known for their fusion of heavy rock riffs, classic piano, syncopated rhythms, and melodic vocals. Um, so, yeah. So uh, this is like a progressive rock, post-metal, alternative uh, type music. So um, we leave you now with Wood for Fire. So until next time, we are out of here. Later. <laughs>
Michelle.com. Thanks for distracting me. <laughs>